This episode is sponsored by Audible. Visit audiblepodcast.com slash unprofessional to learn more. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Unprofessional. I am Dave Wiskus, joined by my secret love, Lex Friedman. Hi, Dave. Hi, Lex. It's not secret anymore. Well, it's just us and our closest podcast listening friends. All right. That's fair. And also our other podcast friend, our guest today, Nevin Murgan. That was it. That's the one. Nailed it. You, uh, I believe, this marks the first time we have had the uh, the second half of a couple on the show. Oh, that's true. Your your wife Krista was an early guest on the way show. back when. Yep, yep. The funny thing, Krista was on the show. The Krista Krista was on the show long enough ago that we just saw her in Ireland, and we were sitting at lunch, and the three of us were talking. And I had this moment of, I feel like we've had this conversation before and realized that it was the same stuff we talked about on the show. Nice. She was on the show back when it was cool, right? Right. Back back before we sold out to the man. Yeah. 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 Back before it was all about like celebrities and money. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, Nevin, if I, I, I'll tell you, I'm not a professional, hence the show, I guess, but uh, my ears are detecting a slight accent in your voice. Am I crazy? <laughs> No, no, absolutely uncrazy. <laughs> Did that sound uh, unscripted enough, Dave? That's my question. Did that sound I like, like I like his reaction of no. <laughs> Why would you think that? Um, yes, I do in fact have a Croatian accent, um, which I've been carrying around for uh what what year is it? 2013? Um what's it been? Like 14, 15 years? Yeah, something like that. Four hundred and seventy five years by my count. That's I I started using English uh, you know, like as as my primary language i guess when i was uh, 19 so and that's kind of late enough in life that you can't get rid of the accent fully i think but you did get fully fluid which is crazy hey, you're pretty good at it thanks uh i i get um, <laughs> <laughs> your your english is awesome too I yeah my croatian is terrible i'm not gonna lie your english might be better uh, than mine <laughs> i uh I, I guess it was sort of like a uh, trial by fire if that's the correct metaphor in the sense that i moved to to the u.s and i had to like start attending college right away so there was a lot of in the best possible sense people weren't really like trying to soften the blow or anything it was just like you're going to speak english now because you're in a college where people speak english and i feel like that that worked out pretty well as far as i can tell according to google translate that the croatian word for croatian is hervatsky yeah, there's like half a vowel in there. It's a 35-letter <laughs> word. There's that's, one vowel. It's ridiculous. Yep. yep. How, did I pronounce it well? <laughs> it's no. Hrvatsky. That was, that's not terrible. Close? No. I, I would have understood what you meant had I not known what you were going to say. You could win letterpress with that word. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that game. So few vowels. It's always like it's always like you. So it's perfect for Croatian players since so many of their words. Oh, hey, but, but that's tricky. You asked me once if I think in English or Croatian, and yes. I think in English. I have thought in English. Like maybe like two years after I started having to use English, I switched to fully thinking in English. But here's what's tricky: uh, there's still a big part of like my lizard brain that that uh, doesn't necessarily think in creation but recognizes creation so on a on a letterpress board i see creation words mm. and Whoa. i feel like that's an unfair handicap because like 30 percent of my mental you know cpu is going towards identifying <laughs> creation words that i can't use they're fully legit like yeah awesome creation words but yeah alas well then obviously you should start cheating at letterpress that's right up the, the deficiency 
Yeah. Oh, that's true. So I can, I can, I'm like, I have full permit to go and use one of those online. Exactly. Yeah, I don't see why not. Like everybody else who plays that game now does. Um, it's, you know, I, I used to be really good at French. Um, and then in college I studied Hebrew and I got pretty good at Hebrew, but learning Hebrew totally screwed my French. Mm. Because now when I try to speak in French, all my little words like conjunctions and prepositions and things, they all are Hebrew unintentionally. So <laughs> whatever part of my brain can handle, here's how to talk in a foreign language, just apparently just mostly has space for one. Like I've got two vocabularies down. I, I know many, many French words. But when I try to construct a sentence, I just I put in all those little Hebrew words and it's totally useless. French Definitely. Jews can understand me really well. I bet. <laughs> Both of them. <laughs> I I have a weird issue where um, I have like one little language center in my brain dedicated to non-English and I don't really speak any other languages but when I hear like living in Amsterdam and I was just back there last week when I hear Dutch that part of my brain kicks in and I want to respond in Spanish which is the closest thing I have to a second language That's, it's close enough yeah <laughs> they they I, don't speak Spanish so they don't know what I'm saying yeah I have I have like two sort of mental screw-ups uh, that, that, you know, speaking English has caused for me. One is like figures of speech, you know, cliches, you know, uh, things like that. I'll translate them without even thinking from English to Croatian as I'm speaking. And then once I've uttered the words, I realize that is not a thing you say in Croatian. <laughs> you can't just literally translate that. People have no idea what I said, you know. Yeah, that definitely happens. And then the other thing is, so I moved in in 1999. Now that was and like I'm I'm a quote computer professional. Uh, so I work a lot with like techie stuff. I have no idea what you call any of that stuff in creation. You know what I mean? <laughs> yes. Like I don't know what you call a tablet computer or touching, you know, on a touch screen or anything like that. They have words in creation for that. And I just don't know what they are. So, yeah, that part is really confusing to me. Do you still use Croatian, like talking to your family or, or friends? Uh, m most of my family is in the U.S. We kind of moved around the same time. My parents, I definitely talk to them in, in, uh, in Croatian. Their English is okay, but, you know, it's never going to be stellar. They were, like, in their, you know, 50s when they moved here. Um, my younger brother, it's always English. Um, and my older brother, it's kind of half and half, mostly Croatian, I guess. You have a daughter, Olive. Does is it important to you that she learn Croatian? Do you speak Croatian around her so that she'll start picking it up? It's like it's it's totally important on paper. I'm just finding it. <laughs> you know, I'm finding it really hard to integrate it because I don't know. It's so stupid. A, I just don't remember to do it because in our household, Croatian doesn't get spoken. It's like me, my wife, who is American, and their daughter, and I'm just not like required to speak Croatian. Krista, my wife, she does poke me to speak Croatian. I just have to, like, really sit down and remember to do it. And then the other thing is I'm so focused on, like, and this is so stupid. I'm so focused on, like, Olive's, like, you know, l language development, like, in English. I'm like, I can't throw in Croatian, too, but which is so stupid because <laughs> all the experts tell you, no, that's exactly what you should do. She'll be fine with English. She's going to pick up English. You should do the other language in the home. So I'll uh, I have to I have to get better at that. I feel like as parents, when you have very young kids and they are really good at learning languages, like I wanted to have all kinds of foreign language speakers fill my house to get my <laughs> kids to learn all these things. And I also, I feel it really does feel like a tremendous power. Like you could teach your kid all the names of the colors wrong 
And <laughs> or you would too. I know. I I gave it serious. If my wife had been into it, I definitely would have done it. Just because I mean, it's it's unlearnable. I think over time, like oh, what he said is blue is actually red. Like they could they could fix that problem. Your kids are going to end up in like the the shitty class, the remedial class. <laughs> I also wanted to um, I wanted to speak pig Latin all the time, just so they could get really really good at pig Latin. But I didn't do that either. I, I read a book on this. I'm trying to remember the title now. I can't. doesn't matter. Uh, it, it came out maybe 10 years ago, and it was about how um, kids, like parents, don't actually teach their kids a whole lot. Like peer groups are way more important. And on the one hand, it's kind of a bummer. means that you, you probably can't actually successfully pull off an experiment like that. Right. Uh, but then also it's sort of like uh, a relief. It's a relief. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like the responsibility is gone. Like, you know it's cool like the other kids will teach my kid how to you know put on underpants or whatever (laughs) well body training uh yeah yeah. (laughs) but to me that's the that's the sucky part because the the fact that they learn so much from everybody else because you know my kid didn't have my oldest did not have any kind of obnoxious phrases in her vocabulary until she went to school and then she picks up mean things I mean, she's very uh, nice still at home, but like, if she wants to be mean to her sister, let's say, Anya has picked up some some choice insults and things that she only hears at school. And I imagine those are like coming what? from somebody's parents or big brother. Oh, I don't know, like six year old insults, like stupid head. But I mean, just stuff that she's not learning at home. Why are you not teaching your kids stupid head at home? That's what a good question. Parent, are you? I'm surprised oh, you're not teaching head. them much worse. <laughs> See, I think that kid swearing is cute, but my wife does not. Oh, I see. Yeah. I think that kids should learn the swear words early so that they know what they are and don't bring them up later. Mm, that's one theory. <laughs> <laughs> I never got in trouble for swearing as a kid because I knew what fuck meant from like the age of five. Well, when yeah. you say you knew what fuck meant, I knew that it was a bad word. I okay. knew that it was, right, a, right, I, I had right. a rough idea that it was something it was a that you said. Word, in the yeah. Right. Nobody tried to shield me from shit or fuck or damn it or any of that. Lex, how old is your oldest? Six. Six. Okay, so that's that's quite different. But um, a friend of mine, his daughter just turned 13, I think. I think and she, uh, she loves coming to see him do theater performances. He's an actor. And quite often he'll be on there, like, you know, both using sort of, you know, rough language and just the, the ongoings on stage will be kind of definitely for an older audience. But at the same time, it's like what he does a lot and she's proud of him that he's an actor, right? And so he's okay with it. And I've asked him about that. How do you deal with stuff that's maybe not age appropriate? And he's like, well, given that it's me and it's kind of in a safe environment and she's aware of it all being an act, I'm fine with it. They just sort of like discuss it later. But he says, and, you know, I have to take his word for it, uh, that she's like the nicest, sweetest, most polite kid in the world. So maybe maybe that sort of contextual stuff helps, you know. Yeah. Yeah. There was a time when Anya had heard me say um, something when I got hurt. I think it was just, God damn it. And so that worked into her vocabulary for a couple of weeks. And I, I was tremendously amused by it. My wife was not. Wow. <laughs> but our approach was simply just, you know, I said, hey, I know you got that from me. And it's, it's not a great thing to say in front of other people. It's not, a very, uh, it's not a very nice thing to say. And eventually, you know, she stopped saying it. I didn't tell her she wasn't allowed to say it. I just said that it wasn't an especially nice thing to say. And so I think mm-hmm. she has long forgotten about it. She'll remember as soon as I hurt myself again in her presence. But <laughs> Kids are impressionable. When I was a kid, I remember seeing, I think it was like one of the, the, the Nightmare on Elm Street movies or something. Why I was watching this when I was so young, I have no idea. But 
later my mom caught me playing with my toys and in my make-believe toy play session one of the one of the toys called the other toy a bastard and i had no idea what it meant it was just something that i had heard in the movie sure and my mom had to explain like no that's something grown-ups say i'm like oh well okay i can wait <laughs> I can, wait. <laughs> I can wait until you're out of the room and I'm surrounded by just other kids. I was weird as a kid. I didn't. I didn't swear. I never wanted to get in trouble. I wasn't. I was never. I never got into drugs for whatever reason. It kind of stuck with me that oh well, I was told I shouldn't do these things, so I'm not going to. You know, when we were talking to our mutual friend and and Nevin's coworker Cable Sasser a couple weeks ago, he mentioned uh, Cable mentioned that he does not. He still to this day does not swear in his parents' presence, mm-hmm. and I Love definitely. That. I don't swear in front of my parents, although I swear in front of my in-laws all the time. Mm. Now, I get that. I, see, it's I, the I'll, other way around for me, for sure. I'll, see, what I was thinking is, Nevin, you can swear in front of everybody, you just do it in the opposite language. <laughs> I've, I've completely forgotten Croatian swear words, I have to, I have to be honest. Like, and yeah, if I hurt myself, I will totally swear in, in English, um, even though you would think like Croatian is sort of a lower level, you know, so it would come out. It really doesn't. Croatian swear words are horrendous, though. Like Majku im jebim. Um, <laughs> that's yeah. I, 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 yeah, I know where you're going with that. Um, do, do you Google this or is that? Yeah, oh, no, so no, no, no. that was are Google Translate. To... Oh, okay. I thought you, I thought maybe you were one of those people who like collect, you know, other people's uh, swear words. Or <laughs> this is Lex um, doing his homework. Got it. Got it. Um, there. There's yeah they they get really elaborate and like they set up these elaborate scenarios of like shame and aggression that are just unthinkable to me. Um, yeah, <laughs> a lot of Eastern European languages are like that. Yeah, in Dutch to swear at somebody, you uh, they they're big fan of are big fans of using diseases. Oh, nice. So yeah. it's and it's not even like I hope you get cancer. It's like right, cancer right. you. <laughs> the cancer you, buddy. And that doesn't, I mean, it translates weirdly to English, but that's more or less what they're yeah, saying. Yeah. What it's, a strange thing. When my brother-in-law, who is Israeli, was teaching me Hebrew swear words at my request, actually many of them are turn out to be Arabic. I, they, they use Arabic for their bad words, which probably has some deeper political significance. But uh, the, the first two that he taught me that I loved were kusemek, which means your mother's vagina, and <laughs> kusrabach, which means your God's vagina. <laughs> Which that's, one's worse? <laughs> I really like your God's Vagina's second album. I think that's <laughs> really there. I think the second one's supposed to be even worse, but I, I don't think either of them is is polite. Let's leave it there. They're both bad. I think the Kusrabach one is worse, but you may all feel free to start using that one. It's a good one. Those do remind me of the kind of thing you you uh, you get in creation. Yeah, yeah. Again, I rarely swear in creation just because yeah, it doesn't. When, when I'm in that emotional place where I want to swear, English sort of pops up first for some reason. Yeah. Me too. <laughs> <laughs> I, w- I want to start swearing in Croatian. I enjoy mm. swearing. I like just saying bad words. Not, and I say bad words, just saying those things. They've got so much power, those words. And I don't even mean social power. I mean a word like fuck, beginning and ending with hard consonants like that. And it's a one-syllable word. It's just really... It's invigorating and empowering to say it. You know, people people underestimate actually the the tonal, the sort of you know audio quality of swear words, but the good ones hang on because they have that. Think about that pattern that a lot of insults have of jackass, dipshit. You know, uh, you know what I mean? The, yeah, the, hard the, the consonants. Two-syllable, yeah, hard consonant, two syllable, pa 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 pa. You know, so many insults fall into that asshole. You know. 
And dip, and you yeah. can make your own, right? You you just you just pick any two words that are like that. Like you know, dipstick sounds like a like a bad thing, even though it's just a <laughs> thing. I had a friend in college who liked to call people fuck sticks, and that's what you made yeah. me think of. There you go. Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm thinking to uh, Lexa's favorite, which I I can't even say on the air. Wow, <laughs> is it the 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 c word? Yes, but followed by pickle. <laughs> oh. Sounds so cute. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know where I cute. learned it. it might, I feel like it's like <laughs> the pendulet would say. I don't know, but uh, I, I'm wow. sure. I believe I've read it somewhere since then, and remember thinking, "Oh, that's where Lex got that." And I'm not trying to like sell you out. I think it's a it's a great thing to say. I'm just not. That might be the one thing I'm not quite comfortable saying out loud. I think I'm going to mm-hmm. give Pendulet credit whether or not he actually said it because he would. Yeah. Um, and I, wait, let me let me clarify what I just said. I'm totally comfortable saying it out loud to the two of you. I'm not comfortable <laughs> having it recorded. <laughs> See, I, when, when we were talking about creation swear words, I was going to give you a few choice samples, and then I realized people are listening to this, and I just know I'm going to hear it on Twitter <laughs> and whatnot, and I was just like, no, no, I draw the line. I'm not worried about like my mom hearing it. She's not going to hear this podcast. It's just like, I don't want that to be like like the thing that, that I'm remembered for. After you're gone? What? <laughs> no, after Merdegan. Um, see what Aww. I did there? Aww. I, I was, um, I'm remembering, I th- it was Mr. Gabriel who I guess taught me in third grade, maybe fourth grade. I don't know. This is the important part. Uh, my buddy Louis Rizzuto and I learned about swearing and like learned, or I guess we knew the bad words already because my, my dad especially swears all the time, but um, we realized that we could say them. We could say these things. And so I remember we would just walk in the hallway, you know, during breaks from class and just say all the bad words we knew <laughs> to each other <laughs> because we could. And it was so awesome. I have very fond <laughs> memories of swearing with Lewis. I got in trouble once in class, like uh, fourth grade or something, for almost swearing. Me and my friends were doing a thing where, like, one of us would say the first half of the swear word and the other would complete it. So the mm. audio you would hear if you're sitting near us is the completed swear word, but no one person wow. was responsible. It was like a – I feel like it was a precursor to BitTorrent. <laughs> <laughs> That's one of but, those things that you'll still totally get to heaven, right? Like, you know, when God's looking down, he's like, fair enough. Yeah, he only, he only well, said motherfucker. That's fine. The other guy said cur. I get it. Right, right, exactly. It's like Amish petting or something. <laughs> I think that was the one we got in trouble for too. It was motherfucker and cur. And I had to write. I had to write on the on the chalkboard, uh, or I had to write like the uh, uh, like a hundred times on a piece of paper or something that I would not say that in class. <laughs> what cur? <laughs> I'm thinking of those. The two guys on Sesame Street, didn't they do that where they would put words together? Like, it was like two two Muppets on Sesame Street, like, oh. where they would, oh. one guy would say one half of the word, and the other guy would say the other half, and they would say it faster and faster until you could hear the whole word. But I want to overdub one of those Saturday Night Live <laughs> vignettes now. So you talked to Cable about swearing, and he, you know, he does swear in real life, but... Don't tell his parents. Yeah, yeah. But he doesn't really like, like, his public persona doesn't. And, like, I remember one time on on Twitter, I had a, a stupid, stupid joke, and it included the word dick. And I meant it as in, like, you know, the male gentles. I didn't mean it as, you know, bad person. And, you know, I posted it, and he, like, not that he got super upset. He was like, whoa, you just said dick. He's like, you didn't even try to hide it with, like, wang or anything. I'm like, I don't know, dick seems so, like, harmless to me. <laughs> he's a big he's a big fan of Wang. I think that's that's why that came up. Oh, yeah. Wang he's, is great. He's a big fan of Wang. 
<laughs> Quote, quotes around Wang. <laughs> right, right, right. I'm trying to decide if it's inappropriate or not to make a joke about his love of Japanese culture with that. And I don't, mm. I can't, I think it probably is. I think that might yeah. be way too inside baseball. <laughs> yeah. It's too late now. It's already inappropriate. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what that means, but I like it. <laughs> words. Words are funny things in that way that there's the, we were talking a minute ago about like the sound of a swear word saying dick or fuck and how they, mm-hmm. how they feel coming out of your mouth. And I'm immediately regretting how I phrased that. But when you say these things, they have a certain tonal quality, but even the meaning of these words, some people want to try to like steal the meaning away or replace these words. Like instead of saying, damn it, saying darn it. Oh, or yeah. shut the front door, or things like that. That I find more offensive than the swear word. Yeah, yeah, it's tofu cheese, right? Yeah, you're being you're being emotionally dishonest to me now. It's a uh, yeah. Again, if like if you're if if either you want to convey that emotional you know uh, quality or you don't. If you don't, just do something else. Yeah, I don't know. And of course, there's going to be uh, levels of, I guess, decorum where in certain situations you want to be polite and you don't want to say those words. And so you'll express yourself in a different way. But I think to express yourself in the same way but swap out the words for children's words is is, is not the right answer. Well, it's like the – somebody had a pretty great blog post about like Meet the Fockers, you know, the movie, Mm -hmm. about the – it's not even hypocrisy. It's worse than hypocrisy of like every, you know, 40-year-old – person who goes and and quote enjoys this movie of which there are many apparently <laughs> they see as see it as meet the fuckers right like that's what they're that that's clearly what they read but if somebody actually said that they would like either have to pretend that they're offended or something you know so it's like we all know what it is but we can't say what it is and i know that to some people that seems maybe like an interesting social dance but to me it just seems stupid like either you wanted to say that or you didn't you know just say what you mean what i appreciate though is that there are some studies that show that when you hurt yourself and yell a swear word that that actually can help heal like it helps feel better that there's something about the yelling of a bad word after feeling pain that provides the release of whatever chemicals you need to oh. start feeling a little bit better. Right, 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 right. Yeah, that, that's, that's why really I do sense. it. Right, so it's really fucking important. And speaking of that, although that wasn't quite an example, it's, you know, fuck and then it's it's cleaner derivatives like freak are, <laughs> you know, it's, you <laughs> it's, one of the, uh, it's one of the few words in English that we use as infixes. Right, you can say something mm-hmm. is fan fucking tastic, and we can't yeah, yeah. say like, "Man, this is fan happy tastic." <laughs> or work. even with other swear words, "fan shitting tastic" doesn't sound very appealing to me at all. No, yeah, yeah. yeah. So swear words are magical, and we should all use them all the time. I think is the point. <laughs> you know, with darn and things like that, the one place where they make sense is if you are consciously adopting like a like a like a style like a dialect you know if i want to pretend to sound like a prospector then i'll say concern it you know and darn and whatnot so if that's the if that's the sort of like the tone you're going for then it's been established that they talk that way so that's what you do right i like the really old-timey ones too like concern it concern i like that i like that nevin jumped straight to concern it and prospectors yes (laughs) front of his mind prospectors yeah prospectors do occupy like what 15 percent of my mind like, I, 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 love the, I, I love the idea so much of just like, it's so American. Like other <laughs> countries don't have the character of like the, the once, like the thing about a prospector, a prospector was at one point probably like a good looking young man who had like, you know, like <laughs> the whole world was his oyster. And then, you know, he decided he was going to get into gold or whatever. And then he goes off and like 
he spends the next 45 years of his life alone just going after this gold and like you know watching his dog and whatever it's just such a crazy idea you know yes <laughs> jiminy cricket <laughs> the other thing about swearing is it cuts right through passive aggression in a way that i really appreciate hmm. it's hard to be passive aggressive when you're saying a word like fuck and i don't handle passive aggression very well yeah. so I, I like to throw those words out there just to encourage people to like say say what you're trying to say be be honest be direct are you channeling john mayer right now what (laughs) i don't even know how to respond to that yeah john mayer has a very terrible song i don't i don't really know popular music much at all he has a lot of very terrible songs Mm -hmm. but he has a terrible song where it's he repeats the phrase say what you mean to say or say what you need to say something like that like 87 times in a row that's what you made me think of that sounds Mm -hmm. like a, a well, it sounds like a John Mayer song, I guess. Say what you need to say, yes. And he repeats it over and over again. I am unfamiliar with this song, believe it or not. <laughs> the last time John Mayer came up on this show and I talked about how much I hate him, I got an angry letter about it. Ooh, from John Mayer? Yeah, he's a listener. <laughs> no, uh, somebody else. I won't say who because I'll get another angry letter. There's a, uh, oh, a no. Yahoo Answers question where somebody says, how many times does John Mayer repeat the lyric, say what you need to say in his song? The and best the answer-, answer is too many. <laughs> <laughs> Other answers include too damn many, and I don't know, but that guy creeps the hell out of me for some reason. Well, thank you for sharing that helpful answer. <laughs> you make Yahoo Answers what it is. Thank you, Internet. Uh, yeah, Speaking of the Internet, uh, have you ever tried transferring files over the Internet? I've done that once or twice. So have I, and it's always kind of a pain. But there's uh, one of our sponsors this week, one of our lovely, lovely sponsors, is Transporter. Mmm. I've heard of those guys on this very podcast. I like the mmm. Yes. Delicious. It's, uh, uh, look, I could describe what it is, but the best way to say it is that it's, it's kind of like Dropbox, except you own the hard drive. It's a little contraption, a little external drive that plugs into your network, and it is the remote drive. It is the thing that stores the quote-unquote cloud files. It's your own little cloud. It's your own little fluffy cloud that sits in your... Uh, closet or in my case uh, under my tv and the thing is though it's actually a drive it's just that when you put files in there they also become cloud accessible right well let me ask you this Dave. (laughs) please to have something like this to have this drive that's like it's like a a cloud storage drive it's on your network you can mount it right on your desktop you put files there other people get how much do i have to pay a month for something like this that's the best part you pay nothing per month you buy the drive you get it they ship it to you you unbox it, you take it out of the thing, you plug stuff into it, yeah. you, you turn it on, you get it set up, and then you're done. You, you never have to pay things for it again, unless I guess if you want a bigger hard drive or something. Well, it, well so that, that's what I was going to ask you, because you said you, you buy the drive for them, but what if they don't sell a hard drive as big as I want? Then I'm just screwed. No. No. Because it's, it's kind of like a little enclosure. I wish I, could, I wish I could show you a picture over this podcast of what this thing looks like. It's kind of like a drive enclosure, a very fancy, monolithic kind of drive enclosure so i can buy it empty and then put in my own two and a half inch drive you can and it's awesome how much does something like that cost it's got to be at least 984 dollars no no you would pay 984 dollars well i've been terrible at the prices right for about 20 years now yeah. well at least you would have been over so you wouldn't be disqualified <laughs> but for a, a transporter with no drive 199 199 that's not bad at all what if i want to get say a terabyte for one terabyte, it's only two ninety nine. So if I double that to two terabytes, then it's what twelve thousand dollars? Three ninety nine. 
Jeez, wow. You and did uh, not make it to the showcase showdown, Lex. No. But guess guess what, Dave? I have just what? been told, this just in, what? our what? listeners can save 10% off those prices. So we're talking they can save anywhere from 20 to 40 bucks what? if they go to filetransporterstore.com and use the discount code UNPROFESSIONAL, all lowercase, filetransporterstore.com. That's actually a really killer deal. Really what you want to do, Dave, if, if you want to read some information about it first, is go to filetransporter.com slash unprofessional. When you're ready to buy, that's when you go to filetransporterstore.com and use the promo code unprofessional. It's way more complicated to talk about Transporter and send people to it than it is to actually use and enjoy the device. I should point that out. Yeah, yeah. And it's, uh, it's lovely. They've got an iPhone app. and there's yeah. a, the, it, it kind of works sort of like Dropbox. There's the software that works in Finder and does the update thingies. And we use it for... Uh, for doing the show. We've passed audio files for the podcast back and forth. That's You've true. done music recording with it. Yeah, absolutely. It's pretty hip. File transporter, man. you got to check them out. Yeah. Now, Dave, you're not going to believe this, but there's actually one other really fine sponsor. Whoa. Today's other sponsor is Audible, the leading provider of downloadable audiobooks with over 100,000 titles in virtually every genre. Every genre. I love Cal Fiction, Dave. I'm sure they have Cal Fiction. Cal if you fiction. want to listen to it, yeah. Not nonfiction. Who cares about real cows? If you hmm. want to listen to it, Audible has it. Listen to audiobooks anytime, anywhere. That means you can listen on your iPhone, iPads, computers, Kindles, CB radios, I don't know, whatever. Audible is offering unprofessional listeners a free audiobook along with a 30-day trial. Go to audiblepodcast.com slash unprofessional to take advantage of this special offer. Again, it's audiblepodcast.com slash unprofessional. Here's the thing Audible does. You said that they were the leading provider of audiobooks, and i got to be honest, I don't even know who the following provider would be. That's how, <laughs> leading they, that's how much they lead. Yeah. You can't keep up with what they do on they, the Audible book. It's a, it's a commanding lead. So, Dave, as you know, Audible loves when uh, podcast hosts do a, a book recommendation along with talking to folks about Audible. So the book I'm going to recommend today, available at audible.com for free for listeners of this show, is Everything is Perfect When You're a Liar by Kelly Oxford. She also reads the book. Kelly reads the book. She's very funny. She's a TV writer. Um, and she likes to read. She likes to read, read her Apparently. own stuff out loud. And the book is... <laughs> Laugh out loud funny. I mean, people talk about things. People say LOL and they're lying. When people say LOL, usually it means it means lying, obnoxious liar because they're not actually laughing out loud. <laughs> that was improv, by the way. But when, don't say. when I read <laughs> Kelly Oxford's book, Everything is Perfect When You're a Liar, I truly, sincerely laughed multiple times out loud. Really funny book, just sort of about her life and from childhood through adulthood. And uh, I don't know. It's really funny. And this is really great for people like me who don't know how to read. Yeah, exactly. So for the illiterates and for folks who just prefer to listen to things like podcasts and books alike, go to audiblepodcast.com slash unprofessional. Again, it's a free book, 30-day free trial. You'd be kind of an idiot not to, you know, take advantage. Now, who doesn't want a free book? But you know what, Dave? What? It's probably time to get back to the show. I guess. Okay, Thank back you. to the show. <laughs> what are we talking about next? Uh, I think we've I think we've covered swearing pretty well. I, yeah, we I have can't believe we got that minutes much of swearing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just thirty four minutes of us screaming fuck at each other. Did, did you guys watch the series The Wire? No. What? Yeah. What? There's a TV show called The Wire. Right. Yeah. You did, Nevin, or you did? Yeah, of course. God. I, yeah, okay, I, was, well, I, was, I was just reacting in disbelief that that would be a question. Yeah. Well, I'm, 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 still, I'm still in it. I haven't finished oh, yet. I'm on oh. season four. But oh. I have not and will not ever watch it. Why won't you ever? <laughs> I'm, I'm off this podcast. <laughs> okay. No, I'm back. <laughs> yeah. Why will you not ever? I won't understand. Well, uh, it's, 
I feel like if I were to sit down and try to watch it now, my expectations would be so unreasonably high yes. that it would never live up to what everybody in the world says is apparently the greatest piece of anything ever made. You're not you're not wrong. I like it. I think it's good, but I I can't I haven't yet put it in my top all-time tier, which is probably like you said because it's been overhyped. But my point was only going to be that speaking of swear words since you're trying to move us beyond those, Dave. There's mm-hmm. a great scene, I think it's in season 1. Mm-hmm. Where two of the uh, detectives are working together. Spoiler alert: the entire scene, the only word they use is "fuck," but they use it in a variety of different ways to have an entire conversation with it, and it's really funny and good. That sounds like our our normal post show conversation. <laughs> it's a great scene. It goes from like "fuck," you know, like "well, here we are," to like "fuck," you know. And then there's and there's like a, a "fuck." <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yes, yes. We can put a link to the the clip from it in the show notes. It's three minutes and 41 seconds of fuck, (laughs) which is pretty much the story of my life. There are a few variations (laughs) that might... Okay. Oh, sorry. Uh, I get it. No, 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 I get it. Now I didn't get it, and then I got it, and then it was funny. It's funny when you get things. (laughs) It is funny when you get things. My my favorite variation in there is fuckity fuck fuck. <laughs> um, yeah. It was that was that new to you or fuckity fuck fuck? Yeah. Had, had you had you heard that? Every before? time he says it, I'm hearing thumpity thump thump thumpity thump thump. Look at Frosty go. Yeah, I don't think I had heard it, and especially not they use it in the sort of way where they're doing sort of like a boring task, and the guys like fuckity fuck fuck. You know, uh, it, it sounded very much like just the thing you sort of idly say to yourself. Um, while doing something boring, yeah. I had not seen it used like that. <laughs> hey, Dave, when you said that it couldn't possibly live up to your expectations, you know what that reminds me of? What? I am horrible with, like, adopting new music. I'm the worst. I, oh, I'm the same way. I don't, like, whenever something's, like, new and out now and everybody's listening to it, I just can't make myself, you know, get into it. And then, to, to be an even worse ass about it i'll wait like five six years and then i'll dig it out when nobody cares anymore and i'm like right now my expectations are close to zero i thought it sucked and then i stopped caring and now i kind of sort of care so i just have no expectations and i'll put it on like, hey these guys are pretty good yeah and then i had to teach myself not to go around asking people did you know these guys were good like, yeah, five years ago. <laughs> have you guys heard the beatles <laughs> i'm the same way two years ago i'm like hey have you guys heard the strokes <laughs> Oh God! I I bought their I bought this this is last year, <laughs> which is their big big album. I bought it last year. It came out in like two thousand three or whatever. We should start a music service for people who didn't give a shit at the time but decided to care later. <laughs> it's like a it's like a DVR time shifted RDO. I have the same sort of approach, but I do it with uh, with video games. But I do it not just because I want to play them after. Uh, my expectations aren't so high, but also because they're much cheaper years later, too. So I get a little bit of that. In. Lex Friedman, Jew. Oh, you're one of those. Yes. <laughs> yes. Does that mean Jewish, Nevin? Is that what you're going for? No, 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 no. All I'm going for, now I'm going to see your face whenever somebody tells me that my game is too expensive. Um yeah. No, I, I, I think people should pay for stuff, but it's like, uh, like I think that the App Store apps are too cheap, but I think right, that right. console video console games, games are, are too expensive. expensive. Yeah. I, for me, it's with console games, for me, mostly it's that they're too big. Like, I see where the money's going. I just don't want the money to be going there. You know what I mean? 
Yes. Like, I don't think I don't think they are, are need you... forty voice actors, you know, and three hundred mocap people and whatnot. Like none of that actually makes the game more fun for me. So I don't know. I I, I don't know if I agree with that, but I'll say that I don't. I don't enjoy spending 90 hours playing a video game. Right. That too. Yeah. That too. Go spend, spend, you know, a third of the money and make a game that's, you know, a third of the, the length. And charge and a third. perfectly happy. Yeah. <laughs> because for me, I, I mostly play games for that exact reason that are the same experience each time. So not, I mean, I don't play the, the deep world explore adventure games as much as I play, you know, like Madden right. <laughs> or Mario Kart. Things that I can do in short spurts, and it's fine. Did you say Mario? He says Mario. I've noticed that before. It's a thing. It's a New York thing. I'm, I'm not... from the East Coast. Yeah, yeah. Mario. Yeah. Mario. You guys say Mario, I gather? I yeah, mean, Nevin yeah, doesn't yeah. get to play in this competition as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> this is... <laughs> How do you say I, it in Croatian is the real I, question. No, no, I, I, but I am aware of this. I am aware of the Mario um, thing. My, the same guy who I talked about before, Louis Rizzuto who I love to swear with in fourth grade, his father was an attorney of record for Nintendo. So Lewis would get every Nintendo game Ooh. first. Whoa. And he and no I were, you were friends. Yeah. Well, he and I, uh, we were good friends. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't think Lewis listens to this, although he does like a lot of my Facebook statuses. He did bald very young. He did go bald very young. But um, Lewis and I would play... Uh, well, first of all, he said Mario. And second of all, he and I would play Tetris on our Game Boys during recess because we were awesome. Mm-hmm. And he and there was – so we'd bring our Game Boys. We'd bring the little cable that linked the two Game Boys together. And I remember there was this time we were playing back and forth this vicious game of Tetris. There were It was like a, a video game movie scene where people were crowded around each of us and cheering for us. Um, and I was ready to send him an actual Tetris. And I had just been waiting for the piece. And it came. And I said, oh, Lewis, you're going down now. And because I was – trash talking and so enthusiastic about it i didn't push it all the way over to the side and instead doomed myself and it was horrible but anyway again he said mario too and his dad was the lawyer so you had you had cool video game playing friends in school when i was in school i had the uh, i had to go out and play lemmings on the mormon kids weird laptop (laughs) (laughs) i yeah man i remember i will yeah i didn't have a computer in 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 middle school or in high school i think and yeah, the the whole thing of going to the friend's house who had the computer and pretending that I was really there to, to hang out with the friend, I still feel kind of gross about that, about the fact that I was that person. But, you know, in most cases, the computer was generally more interesting than the person, I thought. <laughs> I, I had this one buddy who loved to play those. And this was, you know, still, I guess, early 90s. So they weren't super advanced. But he he had a, he was a PC. So we played these games on his PC that I hated. But he liked for me to come watch him play them. Oh. <laughs> and all I remember oh. is, you know, you'd click on this. Every time you clicked on these troops that you had to move around, they would respond to you like you were the boss. And so these things like, my liege. Oh, and I don't even know that, yeah. that That could be right. <laughs> yeah. But I just, right there. I just hated that. <laughs> I would watch him play that for a long time because I liked having a friend. <laughs> Hell is other people playing video games. It is. It is pretty much. Yeah. Speaking of that, though, have you noticed? I'm sure you have because you're both bright people. <laughs> that was the weirdest segue. What's the deal with airline food? Right. Well, when you have a thing, a toy, or any kind of thing in your hands that you can tap and have it make noise, uh-huh. that the noise is not at all annoying to you, but it's annoying to everybody else? Oh, yeah, yeah, for sure. 
I want to understand what the evolutionary benefit to that phenomenon is. Here's my theory, which is based on like 1% science, 99% things in my butthole. Um, <laughs> I'm pulling them out of my butthole. I didn't mean things that literally live in my butthole. Um, <clears throat> Thank you for the clarification. Yeah. Um, so here's I, – I think the clearest – uh, example of this is if you if you drive a car you'll never get car sick right nobody has ever gotten car sick driving a car that's impossible like you could be doing the craziest stunts you're not going to get car sick but you could be riding in the you know uh, passenger seat and get car sick here's why that is the driver is the one who is commanding the vehicle to do things and when you turn the wheel to go right you know, there's part of your brain that says, okay, turn right. And then that part also sort of lets the rest of the brain know, hey, we're going to be turning right. So like visual mm. cortex, you know, be ready for this. <laughs> so the environment changes a lot and the rest of your brain was cool. That's what we were expecting. The passenger does not have that that connection there. They don't know what's coming. So everything is constantly a surprise to, to your senses, which is what kind of overloads you and which is where a lot of motion sickness actually comes from from the fact that you're not controlling it. Not in some psychological sense of like, I need to be in control, but just literally the loop is not closed between what your body is doing, you know, and, you know, and, and, and what it's experiencing. So I think a similar thing happens when you're in control, you're going to tap that button and your brain expects that something will happen and something happens. And it sort of just filters that out. Whereas for everyone else, it's, it's interruptions. They didn't expect that it would happen. Even if they expect it in the sense that they know when it'll happen, if it's off by enough you know, milliseconds, you, your brain doesn't like that. That's a pretty good fucking theory. It's, it's part, I mean, the, the, the motion sickness thing is, is true in the sense that I know that that's a component of it. But I, I, I like to sort of generalize out from that you know, to, to other things. I think, I think that's accurate. I was on my flight home from Europe a couple of days ago, and I lucked out. I, got, I was in the middle row, and I intentionally waited to the last minute to choose my seat so that I could choose a seat that didn't have somebody next to it. And so I was able to not stretch out, but like lay down and maybe go to sleep because I'm not good at sleeping on planes. And I'm asleep for like two hours. I'm awoken by the sound of the guy closest to me cutting his fingernails. How do you even respond to that? Who does Mm. that? Who clips their nails on a fucking plane? And I'm sure that to him it was totally – the noise probably didn't bother him. But it was enough to wake me up. Was he one of those people who like do the whole like tray situation where they collect them? Or was he just letting them fall where they may? Oh, God. I don't know. I wasn't wasn't willing to like lean – sit up and try to – get that much information when you cut your fingernails do you do like how many approximately how many cuts per finger two to three fingernails yeah and when you cut your fingernails like how many cuts per how many cuts on a finger by finger basis unfortunately i bite my nails like like Uh. the horrible gross monster that i am so when i do (laughs) yeah when i do cut them i do like one or two just because there's not that much to so, yep. so okay so we're we're three extremes then because i'm like six or seven cuts per finger i really just do tiny little bits this guy on the plane mm. was like six or seven cuts per finger too yeah i don't do it uh, on a plane by the way i only I uh see. i cut my fingernails sitting on the closed toilet with a garbage can in between my knees that's how uh, i do it like, like a man human. was meant to <laughs> exactly <laughs> i was i was just about to describe exactly how i do it and then i realized that's the single most boring thing <laughs> you could ever talk Here, here's what you do what you do is you do one big cut, and then you grab your file, and then you file it. Oh, you file too? I, Interesting. Yeah, yeah. I do one big rough cut. Why am I talking about this? And then this I is, file. No, see, I'm <laughs> totally interested now. Yeah. I used to do a lot of the filing, but I gave it up. Dave gets manicures. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I do. Gave up the filing. Just let it go. Just walked away. Let it burn. 
<laughs> can't believe you just do that. <laughs> this is this is the worst origin story for like a martial arts movie, right? Like he gave up filing, and then like ten years later, they come back to get him for one last gig. No, I've changed. I don't file I'm, anymore. I'm a peaceful man now. But then they mess with his family. Now I know you don't remember your Croatian really well a lot of the time, especially for swear words and electronics, but um no kat na perstu. That's how you say finger. Mm-hmm. Yes, 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 exactly. Oh god, Krista loves to, to, to make fun of me or rather the Croatian language for this. <laughs> so we use the same word for like toes and fingers, which makes total sense by the way. Um, you would call your, (laughs) okay, it gets worse. We kind of use the same word for like leg and foot, like everything below the buttocks is sort of, you know, the same thing. Um, and so the, the, the way that you would distinguish toes from, you know, fingers is basically to call them your, your toes, your leggy fingers. (laughs) (laughs) So, it turns out there's only six words in the Croatian language. In Croatian, yes, yes, absolutely, yeah, yeah. We use the <laughs> same word. Same with like hand and arm is pretty much the same thing. We don't really, you know, distinguish, you know, like where you know where it crosses the wrist. We still use the same word. Yeah. Well, I have to tell you that if you do use Google Translate to look mm-hmm. up the word leggy, which I know was not your point, but right. leggy apparently the adjective is duganog. Which is pretty fun to long-legged duganog. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we also have a word for like an adjective that can be turned into a noun for a person with unusually large ears, and I think English <laughs> needs that. Look up, hey, uh, uh, Will Lex, Smithian. Yeah, Lex, you're looking this up, right? Yes. Okay, uh, let me spell a word in creation for you: K L E M, like Mary P A V. All right, let me switch so that it knows that I'm right, right, right. So see if it, if it, if it, re- I don't know how like <laughs> it wants to think that that's Esperanto. So let me tell it no, <laughs> it's, that's it's Croatian, close. dangling. Oh, it's yeah. You would only ever use it of big ears. I mean, I see where they're going with that, but yeah, yeah. Google, Google is in fact wrong. That would mean you have big ears. Is Again, what that would mean. thanks for nothing, Google. <laughs> don't look like an asshole when I say Klempov next. Time. Yeah. When you when you mentioned Esperanto, by the way, I took a class in Esperanto because I thought it would be so awesome to know like a, a made up stupid language that nothing is written in. Uh, turns out it wasn't awesome to know it. It's an interesting language, but it's kind of a highly <laughs> academic exercise to know that. <laughs> There's pretty much only one word you need to learn in Esperanto, and uh, the second half of it is pickle. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm not gonna say it. 